Hey, stop me if you've heard this before. The Dodgers swept a series. Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, we're going to talk about this 8-5 to victory over the Twins to complete this little two-game sweep. Max Muncy had another home run. We're going to talk about some swing changes that might have led to his recent resurgence. We'll talk about Joey Gallo, his big three-run homer, and the work he's been putting in. We will talk about some momentum shifts in this game that turned the tide towards the Dodgers and just how relentless this team is. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Semperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And today we bring you this perspective despite massive technical hurdles that we are battling to get through. And we have our fingers crossed that this time, the fourth time we start, we've started recording this podcast, this one will be the magic one that will work for all 30 minutes. Yeah, that's all we can ask for. Uh, Dodgers, 10 in a row. We've had a lot of good to talk about so far. We still have a lot of good to talk about. Uh, we got to see each other last night, which is always fun. We got to meet a couple of listeners, which is always fun. And yeah, Jeff, uh, it was a little bit different from the games we've seen from the Dodgers. They actually went down for a little bit, but then they came back, tied it up, and then took the lead and then continued to add to that lead, which has been a positive sign over the last two nights of continuing to build on the leads. Yeah, for sure. And this was like the Dodgers have trailed at times. This was, I think, their 33rd come from behind win this year, which means they have their share of, of trailing. But this time it actually felt like the outcome was was in question. And sometimes it's like, okay, they're down one to nothing in the first inning or something. We, we're still pretty confident there. This one, just with Ryan Pepio getting the start, he was not as efficient as he would have liked to have been, which is a recurring theme with him. And he made a couple of bad pitches, gave a big, a big three-run homer to Jorge Polanco and a solo homer to Gary Sanchez. And those two, I mean, that was all the runs he allowed, but four runs is a lot for four and a third innings. He just kind of ran out of gas because the pitch count was getting up there in the fifth inning. And, and so, you know, it's like, okay, the Dodgers are trailing four to two at this point, and they have to get whatever four and two-thirds innings from the bullpen. It's, uh, you know, I still felt like the Dodgers are going to win, but it was a little bit more in question than some of these games are sometimes. Yeah, I mean, offensively, going down 4-2 that early in the game, you know, I was very confident in the Dodgers being able to score more runs, where the confidence waned a little bit was just getting through those middle innings into, you know, the, the big guns later on in, in the bullpen. And, you know, Alex Vesia tried his best to, Get put the Dodgers even more behind. Luckily, he got the last out. And then you have, you know, guys from then on now did pretty well. You know, Price Phillips, uh, Martin, and Kimbrough, or Kimbrough did okay, not well, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those where Pepio put them in a, in a tough spot, a spot they're not really used to anymore. Most of the time, these guys 
Uh, other than Andrew who's on a pitch count, everyone else is going flat pretty much six innings every time out. Maybe Gonson's regressed a little bit lately, but even then, the Dodgers' bullpen isn't used to pitching in the fifth inning as often anymore. But, you know, Vestia got the job done. It wasn't the prettiest thing, but he got it done. And then everyone else came in and filled in. And, went, and exactly what I thought was going to happen, the offense ended up putting up more runs. And, you know, that's a very good recipe for success to score runs and not allow them. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk more about Vessia in the next segment and as one of those big momentum shifters. But one of the things that jumped out at me the last two days, Vince, you know, I wasn't with you on yesterday's episode of the podcast. I think these technical difficulties are mostly because I'm on the road at my parents' house and my camera stopped working. At least I got my my webcam on my laptop working today. But so anyway, last night you were on your own, so I didn't get to talk with you about the first game. But between these two games, the Dodgers had 16 extra base hits in two games. Uh, getting 16 hits in two games is is decent. 16 extra base hits. They had uh, eight doubles and a home run on in Tuesday's game. And then they had three homers and four doubles in Wednesday's game. And obviously home runs are better than doubles. But doubles are pretty darn good, especially when you can string them together like the Dodgers have a few times recently. Uh, extra base hits are where it's at and, you know, big, big hits. There was in the, in the fifth inning, uh, yeah, bottom of the fifth in this game tonight, Wednesday night, when the Dodgers tied the game, it was a big, a, a double by Mookie and then a big hit by Trey Turner driving in and a big hit, a big double with two strikes, I think, by Will Smith, two strikes and two outs to drive in Trey just Extra base hits are really, really good. I know that is obvious and uh, maybe too obvious to say out loud, but it's pretty amazing. You know, when people talk about small ball and productive outs and stuff, and Dodgers got one of those tonight too. They got a sack fly from Cody Bellinger for their second run. But uh, productive hits are so much better than productive outs. So fun, you know. Cody's sack fly would have been even better if it had been an RBI double, but you know, we'll, we'll take the sack fly for sure. But I, I love how much extra base power this team is showing lately. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure the, the twins outfield got got tired because uh, they were getting the Dodgers split the gap so many times, whether it was right center gap, whether it was left center gap, they split the gap a lot. And yeah, like I said, it's fun to see. We got Muncie hitting the homer. You got Gallo hitting a big homer in last night's game. Uh, the game before, you know, you had Muncie hitting the homer to get things started. So it's been fun to see. And it hasn't just been, you know, top of the order. It hasn't just been middle of the order. It hasn't just been, you know, bottom of the order. It's been everybody. And, you know, realistically, if you're going to have 16 extra base hits, they're probably pretty evenly divided. And that's what we've seen from the Dodgers offense the last two nights against the Twins team who's, you know, pitching isn't the greatest, but they're still a team that's hovering around first place in their division. They added some harm. Sonny Gray's, you know, been pretty good this year. They knocked him around. They knocked around uh, who's it May the day before, whoever it was, and or Ray May, whoever it was. But either way, I, and like I said, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to score later in the game because we've seen the Dodgers put up runs early on and then just kind of, you know, seems like they're sauntering through the rest of the game. That's not what they've done the last two nights. Or in the last night, they couldn't saunter because they had to score more runs. But the night before, they you know put up runs and kept putting them up. Yeah, for sure. I also want to apologize for everybody watching and listening. If my uh, voice audio is a little bit crackly, it's another thing we're working through that, uh, unfortunately, hopefully it's not too annoying. Hopefully the, the content is there, even if the uh, – 
the production quality isn't, and I promise to be back with my good microphone for next week's episodes. But uh, yeah, you know, and, and one of the other things about these last two games, Vince, is of these 16 extra base hits, you had a double and a homer from from uh, Joey Gallo. You had two homers and a double from Max Muncy. You had a big RBI double from Cody Bellinger. You had, you know, a home run from Chris Taylor. Uh, oh, and a double from Trace Thompson. Like, there are a lot of guys who, in fact, I, I noticed on Tuesday's game, seven of the ten guys who got in at bat had an extra base hit, and the the three who didn't were Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Gavin Lux. And, like, I mean, the Dodgers are getting contributions from everywhere. You're on mute. That might help. Uh, yeah, and it's been fun, like I said, and we're going to talk about specific things in the next segment about, you know, kind of the momentum shifts in this game specifically. We don't really talk about game specifics uh, too often, but this game had those things where, you know, you could feel the Dodgers turn the tide and it all coincided. It wasn't just offensively, also defensively. So we're going to get into that. But first, let's get into Blue Nile. Because Blue Nile is here. They're trying to help you out. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for fine jewelry, they can help you out. They have people on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And they can help you handcraft the perfect engagement ring with each ring being one of a kind. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And right now you can uh, help get in on their Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Remember, they ship discreet packaging and it'll get, uh, you know, they're not going to know what it is. So go to BlueNile.com, check it out, and that's where we're at. Oh, all right, Jeff, kick it back and... There was a couple big moments in the game, uh, you know, a few big moments in the game uh, before we even got to Joey Gallo's big moment. Later in the game, there was the moment that I talked about. Vestia came in, ended up loading the bases, but he got out of it. And, you know, from then on out, it kind of became the Dodgers game because of offense, because of defense, and then because of their relief pitching. Yeah, it, it really seemed like there was a, a shift in momentum when Vessia was able to get out of that bases loaded jam. He was 3-1 and one on the hitter with the bases loaded and got out of it without allowing any more runs. It really felt like the, the game might come off the tracks during that inning if he had walked that guy or you know allowed another run or two to score. Uh, but he got out of that, and then it was the bottom of that inning that the Dodgers uh, scratched and clawed to tie the game. And then in the top of the sixth, another huge momentum shift, having back-to-back great plays from Trey Turner going up the middle and then Hans Roberto diving to his right down the line at third base to, to get the last two outs of that inning. You know, that very easily could have been a single and an RBI double. Instead, it was two outs. And so right after the Dodgers had taken the lead back, the the defense re-snags more momentum, which then I think leads to Chris Taylor's go-ahead home run. It was just those couple innings and it kind of just goes to show you that you know people talk about who's going to be the closer who's going to be whatever but the big moments aren't always in the ninth inning in fact they're hardly ever in the ninth inning and so uh it's fun to see those big moments happen whenever they do and it's it's uniquely fun to see them happen in the middle of the game 
Yeah, and, and you know, you talked about Alberto's defensive play. Alberto was only in the game because, unfortunately, Max Muncie uh, got a ball off the hand at third base. Max Muncie probably doesn't make that play as good as Max Muncie has been this year. I don't think he makes that specific play. And, you know, right before that, Alberto had came to pinch it for Muncie. You know, people weren't entirely sure, at least on social media from what I saw, weren't entirely sure if it was uh, a matter of, you know, it, it – Realistically, when we know, when we question Dave Roberts that hard, or if you if you have find yourself questioning Dave Roberts really for a decision, more than likely it's because of injury or some region that we don't know yet. Uh, so if you thought, why are they pinch hitting hands Roberto this early in the game against a left hander? Uh, it was because Max Muncy was hurt. But yeah, Alberto almost put the Dodgers ahead. Uh, he he hit one that the third baseman snagged, made a nice play on it. Then he comes back and makes a nice play and. I think this has kind of been the best part about this win streak. Obviously, the offense is fun. The pitching is fun. But the defense, we've talked about the defense early on in the year of, of how, you know, the Dodgers weren't that sharp. They weren't necessarily making crazy amount of errors. They just weren't that sharp. They didn't have, you know, some of these nice plays. Other than in the outfield, Mookie and, and Cody had pretty much handled everything in the outfield. But in the infield, we hadn't really seen those plays. Um, and now we're starting to see those. Trey Turner is looking – Really, really good the last few weeks on defense. You know, you got a guy who fills in, Hans Roberto. He made that nice play. You know, Gavin Lux, other than his occasional error that leads to three runs, he's been, you know, pretty much perfect beyond, besides that. And then you got Freddie Freeman, who started the season a little bit, uh, you know, not the greatest at, like, picking and everything else over that first base. But, you know, nowadays he's he's getting everything. And he's, you know, even on those two plays that Trey and – and hands are made. He didn't have to make any ridiculous plays, but he made good plays and was in the right position and set himself up. And I think, you know, regardless, you know, like I said, offense is fun, pitching is fun, but seeing the defense come together like it has has made all this win streak that much better. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually saw the flip side of that too with the twins. They made, I think, three errors. And, you know, one of them was a ground ball to third that. The third baseman didn't, uh, you know, you have to have that situational awareness and recognize that it's Justin Turner running, and therefore you have plenty of time to make a strong throw. Uh, but even the throw he did make should have been caught. You know, it, it wasn't the best hop ever, but it wasn't a super hard hop, and the the Twins' first baseman couldn't make the play. And and so, you know, the Dodgers got an extra base leading to Bellinger's sack fly when uh, Gary Sanchez's throw on Gavin Lux's stolen base went in the center field. Just the little things like that. And the Dodgers, they had one error, uh, but, you know, the the big defensive plays they made and just kind of dominated this game defensively. Yeah, and even that error that was given to Trey Turner might have been a little uh, unjust because it was a tough play that he was trying to make, and then he overthrew it. Uh, Freddie almost got the tag down, but it wasn't a routine play for Trey. It was a little bit, you know, it could have been called a base hit and nobody would have batted a die. So uh, I know inside the press box, some of the people were questioning that that decision. So, uh, but then we get into the bullpen and, you know, we, we heard Vesia, he had the walk, he gave up a hit, he loaded the bases, got out of it. And then after that, you got David Price, Evan Phillips, and Chris Martin basically not allowing anything going one, two, three price picked up a strikeout. Phillips picked up two strikeouts. Martin picked up a strikeout, no hits, no walks, the next innings. The Dodgers sitting pretty Joe Gallo puts them ahead uh, in the bottom of the seventh, even more. And then we get to the Craig Kimbrough show. We haven't really talked about Craig Kimbrough lately. 
uh, even though he's continued his up and down ways. And it's one of those where I guess at this point we're just kind of waiting and uh, seeing what's going to happen because we don't know. I mean, he, he didn't have a clean inning. He did give up a run. Uh, one of them, you know, realistically, it's one of those where you could have said, oh, he probably would have got out of it if that weird comebacker from Correa didn't like bounce awkwardly and go almost back to Will Smith. It almost hit back hard enough to Will Smith where he could have had a chance to throw out Correa first base. Didn't work out. Then the wild pitch scores the run. But yeah, Jeff, I don't know. We haven't talked about Kimber. I don't know if there's too much to say that we haven't already said. It's just a matter of hopefully the Dodgers can put him in uh, a lot of situations where they're up by three or four, and it might not matter uh, how bad Kirk Kimber is. Yeah, yeah. The key is win a bunch of games nine to two, and then it doesn't matter who your closer is. But you know, I, I, I might be naive, but I still feel like Kimbrel is close. And even in this game, you know, he got the first two outs: a a weak grounder, a weak fly ball. And then giving up a double to Luis Arias isn't shameful. You know, I mean, he, he's got the best average in baseball. He The, the guy can hit. And a two-out double doesn't really hurt anything. And if Kimbrell makes that play on the comebacker, it's like, oh, I gave up a double to Luis Arias, the best batting average in baseball. And then I got another, you know, a, a comebacker and the game was over. You know, it, it's little things. It's so close. And then, you know, but he doesn't make that play. So it ends up first and third then second and third with the defensive indifference, and then the wild pitch where it's, you know, obviously the runs happen, the, the innings aren't clean, but I, because his stuff is still good, it's just a command thing for the most part, and I feel like either he's going to figure it out, and I've, I've said this before, and I, it's what I keep coming back to is they don't have the built-in loyalty they did to Kenley, and so if Kimbrell isn't pulling his weight in October, he won't be closing games. And hopefully, like I said, I, I don't think it's unrealistic for the Dodgers to have a lot of wins that either aren't safe situations or aren't close safe situations. And we don't even think about Kimbrell in October. Uh, but I imagine there will be at least a game or two in October that we need lights out Craig Kimbrell, and hopefully he'll be there. And if not, then it'll be Evan Phillips or it'll be NCL Monte or it'll be Blake Trinan or it'll be Caleb Ferguson or somebody because the Dodgers have a lot of lights out guys potentially. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. And it's one of those where, I mean, with the lead the Dodgers have built, I kind of would rather it go to the extreme. Craig Kimball is really good the rest of the year and earns his way, you know, as the closer into October or he just completely implodes the next two months and they have to get rid of him. I don't like if it continues the way it's been going. I don't like that, whether it's like, you know, he's not that bad, but he's also not that great. You don't have confidence, but he also, you know, somehow gets the job done every time. I'd rather not go in with that ambiguity, although I do believe, you know, if Blake trying to come back and Gratterall comes back and then you got Phillips and everybody else, I would want to believe that Dave Roberts wouldn't put the season on Craig Kimbrough's shoulders if he doesn't need to in a key situation. I got to imagine he'd go to one of those guys who's been more proven and doesn't worry about egos. So, yeah, if if it does kind of stay like this where Kimbrough's just kind of eh, and you're hoping that it works and it kind of doesn't, but it kind of does, uh, you know, it kind of puts the – the thing back in it puts the faith back in in Dave Roberts and being able to handle the bullpen once we get talked over. Yeah, and the Dodgers have firsthand experience with this specifically with Craig Kimbrell in 2018. Uh, when you want to torture yourself and you watch the the last out of the 2018 World Series, 
it's not Craig Kimbrell striking out Manny Machado. It's Chris Sale. You know, the, the Red Sox said, thanks for everything, Craig, but uh, we're going with somebody we can trust better to close out games. In this case, it's a starting pitcher. And, you know, so uh, hopefully, I, I really do believe the Dodgers aren't going to let Kimbrell ruin the postseason for them. But I also really believe that Kimbrell's going to be good in the postseason. Yeah, we can only hope. All right, uh, we got some other things to talk about. A noticeable, well, noticeable to some people, uh, not our common eye, but a common eye of a former player about Max Muncy. We've got Joey Gallo to talk about, and then a couple other updates on Dustin May and stuff like that. First, we're talking about liver health formula by Pure Health Research. The key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver. I bet you didn't know that. The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for fleshing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy and processed foods, and a constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. Uh, maybe also if you drink a little bit, you have an overworked liver. So right now, it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism with liver health formula by Pure Health Research. It contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, which... Wake up your sluggish liver, turn it into a toxin flushing and fat burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time. And best of all, right now, liver health formula makes it easy to maintain a healthy body weight long term. And as a listener of Locked on Dodgers, you can try it for free today, risk free today. Try liver health formula risk free and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit's a safe and all natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. Makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. If you want to learn more, go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB. That's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to get started. All right, Jeff. So Max Muncy, uh, before he got hit in the hand at third base, was looking pretty good again. And he's been looking pretty good for the entire month of August. And you found a tweet uh, looking at a breakdown on MLB Network from Mark DeRosa of a slight change that Max Muncy seemed to make that could be a reason why he's hitting better, uh, probably along with just general health the further he gets away from his injury. Yeah, I was listening to the postgame show uh, in the car on my way home from the game tonight, and uh, Tim Cates was hosting the postgame show, so it was all automatically better than usual. And uh, he mentioned having seen about a six-minute clip on MLB Network of Mark DeRosa breaking down a lot of things about the Dodgers, including, at one point, breaking down Max Muncy's swing changes. And and Tim Cates tweeted out a little 30-second-ish clip of this video. And basically and, – and I remember that uh, – I think it was Joe and Oral, somebody anyway – on the broadcast recently, it might have been and Joe and Jessica when they were on the road, uh, but they were talking about it a little bit, and I hadn't really seen it in action. It's something that's hard to see on TV, especially from the front view. But if you watch a side view, Max Muncy, as he's loading up, he's actually taking a little step backwards with his back foot, his left foot, as he shifts his weight backwards. And uh, not many people do this, and it's not super noticeable but it's definitely a change from what he used to do. And, you know, there's plenty of reasons. I'm not a hitting coach, but there's plenty of reasons why this might be a thing that works, you know, whether it's making you focus on get, getting your weight back or, you know, transferring, getting your hands back, whatever it is. 
but part of it, I wonder, you know, I, I'll, I'll share a little personal experience. My son, probably four years ago, uh, he was, you know, 10 or 11 and he was pitching in a game and he took a comebacker. He's actually had two comebacker related injuries. Uh, he, and the second one was worse. He broke his pitching hand, but this first, first one, he jammed the middle finger on his throwing hand. And, uh, that meant that he couldn't throw a ball for a couple months. So he missed a couple months of baseball, maybe not a couple months, but at least a month. Uh, he just couldn't move his hand well enough to throw a ball. And after that was healed, he really struggled to throw. He basically had the yips. He couldn't make a throw. He had gotten so in his head trying to throw with the jammed finger that he had the yips and he couldn't get the mechanics down. And one day he and I went out to the backyard to play catch. And right as we started play catch, I asked him a question about school. I don't even remember what it was. All I remember was totally unrelated to baseball. As I'm throwing my first ball to him, I asked him, might have even been about girls, maybe. But, uh, you know, and, and we, he answered me as he threw back to me. And we played catch for about five minutes. And then I stopped and I said, hey, Logan, did you notice you're throwing just fine right now? It was all about not thinking about his hand. And then he was fine. And, and he got past that just by it, but it was a constant reminder, reminding himself, okay, don't think, just throw my body knows how to do that. And I wonder if there's some element to that with, with this, with Max Muncy, where if he was thinking about so many different things, so in his head that they said, okay, only think about this one thing, this one thing that doesn't feel natural, taking a step back as you load, if you can focus all of your attention on that, your brain can't think about all the things that are messing you up and you just let your natural ability to take over you know what i mean i do know what you mean you major league two to him uh by you know in major league two the guy couldn't throw back the catcher couldn't throw back to the pitcher and tom berenger's character had um uh read magazine and remember things from the magazine and he would remember those things as he threw it back so yeah uh it's it's similar in, the, in that sense of you get the yips you need something else to focus on and yeah, it's a lot easier said than done, but it's something for Muncie. Whatever, whatever's getting it done, it's working, and it's going over pretty well. Uh, one guy similar in that vein, I guess Joe Gallo. He didn't necessarily have the yips; he just struggled to hit the ball. He's been working with Dodgers coaches over the last few days, uh, so ever since they got back home on this homestand. And while it was just one swing, uh, it was a swing that inspired a lot of confidence, at least in Dodger fans, it seemed like. Uh, maybe it inspired a lot of confidence in him. It got Joey Gallo smiling, which is, you know, from everything we saw over his last few days in New York, where he didn't want to leave his apartment, and he was, you know, just kind of apologizing to New York fans and just seemed, uh, you know, not woe is me, but woe is me, but in a positive, more con a more positive connotation. Like, you know, he... He didn't. It didn't work out, and he felt bad about it. But it, you know, also Yankee fans made him feel bad about it uh, in their own way. And yeah, Joey Gallo had a moment. It. Who knows if it's going to lead to more? You know, who knows if this is a swing that gets him right on track? But for him to hit a pitch that was down the middle, and for him to drive it out to the opposite field, and for him to be smiling and the crowd cheering for him, and him acknowledging that after the game. Uh, at the very least, it's a positive moment for Joey Gallo, something he hasn't had a lot of recently. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, if you go back to Tuesday's game, he had a big double in that game. And I, I think I remember seeing he hit it like 112 miles an hour, something ridiculously yeah, hard. Second hardest by a Dodger this year. 
Yeah. And so, you know, we might look back a month from now and say, wow, that Tuesday game against the Twins is when things clicked for Joey Gallo. Whatever he's been working on with the hitting coaches or whatever, that double then, this big three-run homer here. And, you know, it's all – nothing is as easy and as clear-cut, okay, that's when it's that's when it clicked, as we might want to make it seem. But I do think that he's putting in the work and there are changes. And whether they're as visible as, you know, Cody Bellinger's swing change that we've seen or Max Muncy's or not, you know, he's putting in the work and, and working on things. And when the results come, it's natural and understandable to think, yeah, I think it's probably the result of the work he's putting in. And that's good news for Dodger fans because, uh, you know, they've already gotten contributions from Trace Thompson, who they, they bought from the Tigers and, you know, Joey Gallo, a no-risk trade. Just, you know, the Dodgers have been really good. And Chris Martin, maybe. Chris Martin might be turning into a good reliever again. Uh, who knows what the Dodgers are doing, but uh, they seem to be really good at taking guys who have skills and talent and helping them turn that into on-field success. Yeah, and at the very least with Gallo, you know, th- at least three of his hits that I remember that he has so far coming to the Dodgers have been to the opposite field. One of them was an excuse me single, uh, probably more so, you know, him. I, I don't think he's trying to go that way, but the fact that he is going that way makes it seem like, you know, maybe whatever they're changing, whether it's keeping his bat in like the bat path longer or whatever the case is, you know, I don't know. He didn't want to go into the technical terms after the game with Kirsten. He said he didn't want to bore us, but I would have liked for him to have worse to see what exactly he's trying to work on. Uh, but he also probably doesn't want to admit it because pitchers can utilize that against him. So, but whatever it is, you know, if it can lead to what I what I've told people when they got Gallo is like, if he can hit a couple of home runs a week, assuming he plays pretty constant, you know, that's more than enough the rest of the way. That's putting him as, as many home runs or more home runs than he had as a Yankee. And that puts him as a threat in October. You just need to be a threat in October, uh, you know, for teams to think about how they pitch to you. And, you know, if Joey Gallo's batting seven, eight, ninth, but someone has to think how to pitch to him, you know, they're more likely to make a mistake. And if he can just crush those mistakes, then, you know, the Dodgers are going to be in a good spot, especially with Gallo out there. Absolutely. And seeing him with this opposite field power hopefully will help him if if that opposite field approach is part of what he's working on seeing that success has got to add some confidence to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, one more note, Dustin May, Dave Roberts said he will make his final or one more rehab start. Uh, yeah, I mean, we guess we got to take him at face value for what it is now. I don't know what they're going to do with Pepio, if they're going to leave him here to be go through the rotation again or if they're going to send him down, bring up another arm to have ready to go and then figure out the next one. Uh, that all remains to be seen, but Dustin May is close to coming back. And then, you know, Blake Trinan, I think, and Greta are, are supposed to uh, maybe head out for rehab assignments soon as well. So there, more help is on the way, and that'll be fun. Dodgers are off today. We will have a mailbag episode. We still have a lot of questions. I know I got an extra one in my DM. If you have any other questions, feel free to send them our way. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Check out Lockdown MLB for your second listen of the day. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. You can find us or get podcasts in on YouTube by searching for Locked On Dodgers. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. If you also need to get a hold of us in a different way, there's email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. 
or there's voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, search Smart Device Play Podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.